hands together for Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I want to say happy prayer conference to all our congregation from Lagos, Nigeria. And we want to say we thank God for how far we have gone. We thank God for how far the Lord has, yes, come with us in this year, 2023. This is the annual prayer conference of the Royal Victory Church International. At Ogun State in Lagos, Nigeria. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. We are moving from glory to glory. In Second Corinthians 18, the Lord said that we are going to be Hold his face, just like in the middle. And uh, we are going to move from glory to glory. Thank you, Jesus. And this is a church with great revelation, seeing the face of the Lord in the mirror. It's great revelation, and it is that next level. Yes, that's where we are going. We are seeing him in the mirror. We know that one day we will see him face to face. The Lord bless every hearer of the world. Yes. This engrafted world is able to save our souls. Thank you, Father. Now, the word I want to bring today is... How to reign in life by Christ Jesus. How to reign in life by Christ Jesus. We are constrained by time. And it is important that we begin to reign and know the power of grace that has been given to us. Now, we have lived under the law, and we saw that the law made sin to increase. Now, we are living under grace, and we are promised that grace will help to make righteousness increase. Let us see how this works. In Romans 5, 20 and 21. Let's read. Romans 5, 20, 21. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, praise did much more abound. That as sin had reigned unto death, even so might praise bring through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's still, when sin was reigning, 
a law was added to sin, sin started running to the next level. But we are told that the time of grace will walk in the opposite dimension. We are told that when grace is running and you add righteousness, that it will run to the next level. And that is what we are going to do. We are going to run and there will be abundance of righteousness because of grace. So this is very powerful if you understand it. Grace does not increase sin, never. Grace increases righteousness. That is the argument of Paul. And Paul was full of the Holy Spirit and was also full of knowledge. Paul is arguing that sin cannot abound under grace. Paul said that. He said it is not sin that abounds under grace. That it is righteousness that abounds under grace. That during the time of law, that law made sin to abound. And in the time of grace, grace makes righteousness to abound. This is a very powerful Pauline logic. And that is very biblical and very spiritual as well. But I am here today to explain the dynamics, the basics of this, yes, operation, both in the spirit and in the physical realm. That is wonderful because it brings in the elements of forgiveness, the elements of repair and reparation. Grace does not increase sin. Grace increases forgiveness and increase, increases righteousness. Um, Apostle Paul said, should sin now increase because grace abounds? And the answer rhetorically, God forbid. So I want to tell us that if your brother forgives you because you made a mistake or you sinned against your brother, it does not increase sin. It increases love. It increases righteousness. Forgiveness is so powerful and that our sins are remitted is so powerful under grace. So we are going to see these things and we are going to demonstrate them. Now, in John, the book of John 1, 17, that is where the two parameters were introduced. Law and the grace. John 1, 17. Praise the Lord. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The law was given by Moses, because it was a shadow of things to come. The, the reality or the body or the substance is Christ himself. The law was, yes, the shadow of things to come. The proper things to come is Christ. 
Christ is the one who is to come. And when Christ arrived, law bowed out. Law was fulfilled. Law was fulfilled. Because law was not the intention of God. But because there was transgression, law was introduced. It is grace. God wants the people of God to live by grace, under grace, and to live by faith, under grace, and to live by remission and forgiveness, under grace. And truth is released and manifested under grace. There is no truth under the law. Truth was not introduced under the law. Truth was introduced under grace. You can see how important this grace is. Grace is very important. Grace is the environment for Christian growth. Grace is the environment for the growth of the children of God. Children of God are called under grace. Now, I want us to understand that our fatal ground for progress is grace, not the law. The law was introduced for what? In Galatians 3, 19, you can see why the law was introduced. Galatians 3, verse 19. Wherefore, then serveth the law. It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Wow, what a sweet, what a sweet revelation. What else do we want to hear? I mean, law was added under some emergency, even though God has foreknowledge. He knows. And we are committing sin, and sin became transgression. Transgression became iniquity. God said, put the law. The law is like a witch to hold things, to hold things until the one to whose turn it is will appear. Who is the one? <laughs> Who is the one? It was Jesus. So when Jesus came, yes, he is the person. Who is the reality? Jesus is the end of the law, yes, that makes grace to abound. It is Jesus. So in that text, we are told that truth and grace came through Jesus. And it is truth and grace that serves us. It is truth and grace that produces the environment for Christian growth, for the defeat of the devil. Because truth sets you free and grace enables you. My people, this is the power of the gospel. This is the power of the gospel. Thank you, Lord. Now, let's take it to the next level. The next level is, how do we reign in life? How do we reign in life? Nobody reigns in life under the law. You cannot reign in life. You barely exist under the law. But you cannot reign in life. Look at how we reign in life. Let us have the spiritual knowledge because we want to reign in life. And now, in Romans five seventeen, let's just read that. Romans five verse seventeen. 
For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more there which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Now, the scripture is so powerful. The scripture and the Pauline doctrine, or come together here, is saying, by the offense of one, death reign. Then by the obedience or righteousness of one also, then righteousness, grace, we reign. So, how do we reign in life? We reign in life by the finished work of Jesus that we receive by faith as our own work. That is how we reign in life. If you receive the finished work Jesus did on the cross, you receive it by faith, and anywhere you are questioned, you are asked to bring the reason, the evidence, why you should go forward in life. What you present is not your work. What you present is the work, the finished work Jesus has done for you. If you live by faith, you are reigning in life by Christ Jesus. Now, this is where we have really shortchanged the grace. Because everybody wants to prove what they have done. That is the human nature. And that's where we felt it. If they touch you and you say, don't touch me because Christ died for me. <laughs> if they touch you, you say, don't touch me because Christ died for me. You say, I am a product of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. <laughs> if they touch you and you say, touch not the anointed of God and do his prophet no harm. I am the product of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Yes. I'm telling you, they will never touch you anymore. When they touch you twice and you say this thing twice, they will run away. They will run away. But if you continue to show hmm, why they cannot touch you because you came from Amorda or because you are from, from your village, from Royal Victoria or from, from Winners, uh, I, I am um, Oyedepo's son. Oyedepo's God is my God. If you are saying all those type of things, you are lacking faith. You don't know what you are saying. You don't know what you are saying. Those things are lacking faith. They are lacking in Pauline logic and faith. You are not saying things like that because those things did not die for you. But when you say that I am a product of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then you are saying that as he is, so I am in this world. When you are saying, touch not the anointed of God and do his prophet no harm. When you are saying that I talked with him this morning before I come out and he said that I should not be afraid, neither should any evil come upon me. Then they are seeing you, they know that you know what you are talking about. Because the principalities, the powers, the rulers, they bear witness. They bear witness. They say, they say Jesus I know, Paul I know, 
they will say, this one, I know him too. I know this one. Bear witness. But when you are not getting it, when you are talking about, they say, Christ I know, all I know, who are you? So it is important we carry the right vessel. We carry the right vessel. You minister with power. The principalities, the powers, they know and they understand. Now look at here. The issue that is making many, why so many are not running in life, is one thing. And we have come to that understanding. Not that they are, they are lacking knowledge, no. They have right doctrine. They are not lacking the spirit. But there is something that comes in. The Bible says, who got in on you? that you are not able to do as you are expected to do. Who caught in on you? Something caught in on you. What is that? What caught in on you was sin. And it was not sin only. It was the perpetual knowledge of sin. It was the remembrance of sin. It was sin consciousness. Sin consciousness is what we are fighting against. And that is what we are preaching this message to eliminate. If you eliminate sin consciousness and you switch, you switch to grace, grace consciousness. If you switch to grace consciousness, you are going to begin to, to get to the next level in the spirit. Now, now, I'm going to tell us what is happening to us. Because it happened to Paul, and Paul was crying and crying. Paul was full of the Holy Spirit. Paul was full of faith, full of the Word of God. But in Romans 7, Paul cried that something was still holding him. Paul revealed that there was bipolar law... Bipolar law, which means that double law that was acting all together against him. He said that one of the law was acting in his mind. He said, in my mind, I remember what to do. I have the, the word of God. I am liberated in my mind. In my members, another law is in operation. My members are leading me to sin. My members are hungry for sin. But my spirit, my mind, hungry for God. I am being torn into two opposite, uh, opposite directions. He said, with my mind, I want to serve God. But with my body, oh my God, I am robed and I am messed. Who will deliver me from this body of sin? Who will deliver me? So Paul suffered in this, in this situation until he had a breakthrough. And somebody is going to have a breakthrough. Now, when Paul had his breakthrough, he jubilated in the spirit. Now, look at his breakthrough. His breakthrough is Paul had to accept completely the power of grace. Paul had to go to Jesus and ask the same question. I am willing to serve you, Lord. All everything about me in my being willing to serve you. But in my members, in my members, in my body, there is something that is holding me down. 
He said to Jesus, who will deliver me from? I know that you are the one who died for me. You died for me and did everything that, that, that I did. How come that I am being held in my flesh? And it was that day the Lord revealed himself to Paul. And Paul got his breakthrough. He was released even in the flesh. And when that happened, Paul directed, yes, instead of being divided into two opinions, and Paul followed Christ. Did Paul sin after that? Of course. But what did Paul do? Paul will go to Christ, and immediately he settles it. And if he settles it, he does not remember sin. He does not go about with sorrow. He does not do that. The moment you come, Jesus will take away that thing that is disturbing your heart, your mind, and you are free indeed. This is how the truth sets you free. The truth will set you free, and you are free indeed. So, children of God, when you have gone to Christ, when you have gone to Christ to settle a matter, do not have bipolar, double mind. A double-minded person will not receive it. When you have gone to Christ, you have to completely feel that he has had you because he promised he will. He promised he will never turn you back. He promised he will never say no. He promised your sins and your unrighteousness he will not remember anymore. This is Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, 17. And Hebrews 8, 12. You check those scriptures out, you know that the Lord is serious with this. The Lord does not want his own to be in between two opinions. When this happened to Paul, Paul shouted and jubilated. Paul got his breakthrough. Paul said, thank you, God, for Jesus. He has set me free from the body of sin. Thank you, Father. From that moment on, Paul entered into the Holy of Holies. He entered into acceleration. There's a place in the Spirit that has Holy acceleration. Now, let me explain what holy acceleration is. Because when they brought the Aaron's rod in order to know whom God has chosen, and Moses by revelation brought the rod, and he put the rod before the presence of God in the Holy of Holies. Some people have already entered their Holy of Holies world. I'm seeing some people among you who are worshipping from the Holy of Holies. They have no problem with faith. They have no problem with believing. It's so soft and so nice. When they say in Jesus' name, they are already in the Holy of Holies. Paul, Paul was, <laughs> you know when they brought the, the rod, the rod of Aaron in the Holy of Holies, early in the morning, Moses, Moses was curious to know what has happened. Moses went and saw that Aaron's rod Potted, Aaron's rod flowered, Aaron's rod produced almond fruits, and it was ripe. Ripe already, you can eat it. So what is the power? What is the power that did this overnight? That is the acceleration in the Holy of Holies. That is the acceleration in the God dimension. 
There's a third dimension in the spirit. There's a third dimension in the spirit. There is a third dimension in the spirit. You can see that David got the third dimension. He was anointed three times. He was anointed fourth. He was anointed second. He was anointed the third one. The third anointing of David brought him to the Holy of Holies. And the third anointing, he went with that power and with that anointing, and uh, he captured Zion. He captured Zion. And uh, he made Zion his headquarters and Hebron. What I'm telling you now is the seat of power for every child of God. We are not going to accept to worship from afar. My people, we can't worship from afar. We are going to draw nearer. We are going to draw nearer. We are going to enter. We will not allow sin and remembrance of sin to put us in the outer court. We will not allow sin and remembrance of sin to put us only in the holy place. We want to enter the holy of holies. We want to enter the holy of holies. We want to enter the holy of holies. We cannot worship from afar. We cannot worship from afar. Royal victory. We want to enter God's presence. Yes. So that is where we are now. Now let me show you what you do. Look at it in 4 John 1, 4 John 1, 8 and 9. You have to settle it. You settle it once and for all. You move forward. 1 John 1, 8 and 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is the answer, George. That is the answer. Some carry sin on our shoulders about we go to the Lord, sort it out. No matter how many times it is, just go to the Lord, sort it out. And sometimes you should also go to the, another man, especially those in authority. Yes, your leader. Sometimes you go to your leader. If it has lingered, lingered long. Sin is also progressive. It becomes sin, it becomes transgression, it becomes iniquity. So you have to be careful how you handle that. Go to an officer who is in charge if it is stubborn. And then sort it out once and for all. And then you move forward move forward. So that's what you do. Now, let me show us an example of the life lived by the power of grace. Job lived a life example by the power of grace. Job was so powerful in his days. And you remember that Job was one of the earliest script written. It was even older, older than any other script in the Old Testament. Job was the first. Job was the man of the East, the man who saw tomorrow. He found out how to be healthy and wealthy through God, through his godly principle. Job found it. And God boasted with Job. God even boasted with Job about Job before Satan. I have you seen my servant. I have one that is impeccable, impeccable, rich and healthy, wealthy. He's a man of wisdom, man of the spirit. Man who understands the principle of sacrifices and they, he abounded. Let us just use Job to show you how powerful you can go in the spirit of grace. You understand 
today's message. You look at it there. In Job 1.5, it was revealed how Job was able to hold the principle of Calvary even though it was not the time in his days. But he knew about Calvary. He knew about the Lamb of God that will take away the sin. He knew about uh, the sacrifice that is supposed to happen. It did not happen in his time. So he was still living under the shadow, a certain shadow, not under the shadow of the law. It's under the shadow of some innocence. He lived under the shadow. He knew what was the principle. If the principle was not was not very clear as it is today. But the fact is that he lived it very well. Let us read Job 1, 5. Job chapter 1, verse 5. And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and invited them, and rose up early morning, and offered burnt offerings, according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and caused God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Thank you. Job was sacrificing for unforeseen sins that could uh, stop his progress in his bloodline, in his family. Job was going spiritual in the time when there was too much ignorance about the spirit. Job knew what his people did not know very well. So Job will wake up early in the morning. I saw some of my daughters, they had party last night. Oh, Lord, forgive them if they had sinned. Lord, forgive my family. You know that you have, have a covenant with me that I will prosper and I will be good health. I will not die untimely. My children will not die untimely. And the place, if they have sinned, forgive, Lord. He sacrificed. He sacrificed every time. Do you know that he was pointing to Calvary? He was pointing to the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus, the Son of God, we bring forth. And God saw that, and God was so happy with Job. God was so happy, so happy with Job. How do we live with like Job today? That is what is called living by grace. Now, Christians have made living by grace to mean another thing. It is like living like a beggar. Oh, it's not. It's not the right meaning of living by grace. When you ask a brother, how are you? He said, oh, by his grace, so I'm living by grace. <laughs> you see that? Something that he would have promoted, he is talking about it as if it is the last option, the last option, the throwaway option. And living by grace, so. and living by grace. So. But do you know that living by grace was what prospered great men like Job? Look at it here. The devil knew that that was, that was the reason why Job was impeccable. Now, in Job 1, 9 and 10, let's read. He said, Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for not? Has not thou made an hedge? <laughs> the hedge in the spirit is the protection of a child of God. We have wall fire, we have edges, we have uh, fortresses, and God put those in whom he loved under the wings of the children, under fortresses, and they protect them. He does that. He does that. He that dwells in the secret place, you know what happened to him? 
Yes, he is protected under the shadows, under the wings of the cherubs. No evil will ever come close. Not even come close. Cannot. So Job was blessed because of his connection to the cross, to the cross, to the Calvary. He was seeing the cross. That's why I said he's a man of the vision of the tomorrow. He was seeing the Calvary. He was seeing the ultimate sacrifice Jesus made in the spirit. And Job replicated it when it was not even time. And God honored Job so much. I therefore, how much more? How much more? If a child of God will wake up early in the morning and cover his household, cover himself with the blood of the Lamb of God, how much more will you be covered? Will you be at that next level for your operation? And you are going to reign in life by faith. Look, let me tell you, the faith of the child of God, the grace that surrounds the child of God, and the gift of righteousness for the child of God, and the abundance of grace, they are all connected to the blood of Jesus. They are all connected to the ultimate sacrifice the Son of God made for humanity. Can we rise up? Can we rise up? Thank you, Father. Please, the choir, can you just can you just raise your voice and let us praise Him? Let us give thanks to the God of our fathers. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Just I invite mommy to pray for us and to pray concerning the matters we have spoken about. And let us pray. Let us pray. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you. We bless your God for the word that we have heard. Father, a word that is live and active. Father, a word that changes us. A word that brings transformation in our lives and understanding. Father, I pray for each one, each member of RBC Lagos today. Father God, that this word will be the start of a new level, Father God. That truly, Father, they shall reign in life. Through Jesus Christ. Father, it shall not be an excuse anymore, but it shall be because of the abundant blessings in their life that they shall testify that it is the grace of God that they are going further, that they are going higher, that your presence is with them, that your blessings are on them, that their children are excelling, that there's no accidents and no it's because of the grace of God that is upon their life. Father God, we pray for your continued protection, Father God. The blood of Jesus is so potent and so powerful, Father. We put it on every every day, Father God. They are covered by the blood. 
you, Lord, for the great and mighty works you are doing. Oh, we bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, you are lifted. You are lifted. You are lifted to the next level. Now receive it. Receive it. The blessing of the Lord that make it rich and added no sorrow. The blessing of the Spirit. The blessing of the heavens above. The blessings of the sons of God resting upon you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord grant you health and wealth and give you power over all your enemies. Rule in the midst of your enemies. In Jesus' name. Amen.